Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. Michael covered a lot of this territory in your preview on the, on the video. But if opposition is resistance, um, we talked about several weeks ago the kind of person that God uses. A person whose whole heart is his because he wants to prove his power through you. We talked about a holy discontent. And I just want to drive that home one more time because the reality is until you start wrestling with that thing that's just on your nerves. And it might be a calling. It might be a ministry calling. It might be a sin issue. It might be a situation that you know it's not right. You know you should lay it down, and that's what you're wrestling with. But it's that, it's that discontent. You just can't seem to get happy. But it will drive you to prayer. It will drive you to prayer. It drove Nehemiah prayer but then it took faith because at some point when you start dealing with the stuff in your life it's going to take faith to step out into it again it took commitment Josh spoke about this but the, the part of that pa- the passage that he spoke out of that really resonated with me and, and hopefully you feel the same at times in your spiritual walk there's just some lonely hours in your spiritual walk You may be around a lot of people, but there's going to be some alone time. There's going to be some times, and many authors have called it many different things, but I I love when it's called the dark night of the soul. When it's just you and God. You can be in a crowd, but it's just you and God. Or worse yet, you're not in a crowd. You really are just left alone, all by yourself in your room in the middle of the night you don't have to raise your hands on any of this but if you've ever been going through a situation and you're in your room in the middle of the night all by yourself it's amazing how clearly you can hear the Father and he had some alone time because let me say this this way you're not really as committed as you can be until you've had some alone time. You can talk about commitment all day long, but that alone time sends you through a press that you know what you're committed to now. That, that alone time and wrestling with God, now there's a commitment that's there because when Nehemiah shows back up with that level of commitment, now he tells the men in, in Nehemiah chapter 2, don't you see the devastation that's around us? We need to get busy The hand of God is on me. I've even got letters from the king. In other words, I have the power of God and permission from the king. And not Nehemiah, but the men said, let's rise up and build. Let's get busy. See, when God's at work in your life, people see it. When God's at work in your life and you're stepping out in faith, people see it. But it's when... Anybody ever experience a situation where you step out for God and it's great for three minutes? You you take a chance and you even say, you know what? Last Sunday's service was awesome. I'm going to really start moving in that direction. 
and you move in that direction and all proverbial hell breaks loose. Everybody turns their back on you. You, you, you know, the, the little bit of money you did have, you had a flat tire. And so you spend your money on that flat tire and now all, now all your dreams of ministry that were based on the flat tire salary are gone. Um, we all know what that's like, right? Whatever it is, maybe it's a relationship. Again, maybe it's, uh, you know, I'm going back to that holy discontent because usually when we finally start moving in the direction of dealing with something we know God wants us to deal with, whether it's in our personal life or whether it's in our public life or whether it's in a job, a ministry, whatever it may be, it's we get a little bit out there like Peter got out of the boat and, and we start to see the things around us like they really are and things don't go so well. That's opposition. That's opposition. Now we know it can be a lack of faith. We'll talk, talk about that in a moment. But, but how is that opposition? I'm gonna, I want us to look at this because <laughs> opposition didn't just start in the passage I'm going to read in just a moment. Opposition started back when, when Nehemiah, if you will, heard of the news, and he started having decisions right there. See, I, I believe our greatest opposition initially is, is us. My greatest enemy is always me. I promise you. You know, and it would be easy to point to others and say, oh, they're worse than I am. But you know why the Bible says don't do that, right? Because you're never right, that's why. It's, it's always being willing to understand I'm my greatest enemy. And it could be because I just don't have the faith that I need to to walk it out. Or I just keep making those same mistakes or I don't surround myself with the right people. There's a lot of ways we can work on that, but that's not really my focus this morning except for I understand that I am my greatest problem. So when I read this, I, I, I know that Nehemiah was constantly having to make decisions based on what? who God was, not who he was. So when, when I look at the opposition, it started when we started this series on Nehemiah. But in Nehemiah chapter 2, right after the men said, let us build, they started building, and there's two gentlemen, Sanballat and Tobiah. Um, they immediately in chapter 2, if I can just go back there just for a moment, they immediately started saying, what are you doing? You don't even have permission from the king. Now, they didn't fold up and go home because all of chapter 3, no one, I know Nick touched on it, but no one really preached out of chapter 3 because you know what chapter 3 is? Get her done. Chapter 3, that should be, be subtitled in the Bible, get her done. Because chapter 3 is nothing but how different family members and different groups of people built their part of the wall. They just got busy and started building <laughs> because they believed that the hand of God was on this. They, they knew they had the right of way. And even if people were standing to the side saying, who, who do you think you are? Get her done. But something happens in chapter 4. And let, this is where I want to start. Because when opposition does happen, the first thing we need to do is pray. Now, I don't mean the emergency prayers that we've talked about. But let's read this for just a minute. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, it says, But it so happened that when Sanballat heard that 
we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious indignant and he mocked the Jews and he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said what are these feeble Jews doing will they fortify themselves will they offer sacrifices will they complete it in a day will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish stones that are burned now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said whatever they build even if a fox goes up on it he will break down their stone wall <laughs> when I when just when I read that from Tobiah I can't help but think of a comic strip I think of Sanballat whose name means strength you know nothing weak ever comes against you so Sanballat of a perceived strength says who do you think you are you feeble Jews he goes on to say just to break that down he says do you really think you can do this are, are you going to offer sacrifices meaning are you going to try to appease God to the point where maybe he'll do it for you do, do you really think you're going to complete this in a day you're working so hard at this do you really think, now listen, do you really, look at the heat. Look at the heat. Look at your history. Look at what happened to your heritage. Look, what, look at your past. It's a heap of dirt, burnt rock. When you really study that, it, it, it's not like you can't reuse burnt bricks as much as it is when the mortar is burnt and there's no... It's just dirt. There's nothing to put the bricks to hold them together. There's nothing to put the rocks to hold them together. That's why a little Tobiah, and when I say a comic, I just see this real tough guy. Then I see a little midget jump out from the side and say, yeah, even a fox is going to knock it down. He's just challenging everything they do. And see, my flesh would say, Sam Ballard, can I see you over here just for a second? No, over here behind the, over here in the other corner where nobody can see us just for a second. It'll only take a minute. Um, but see, that's even my flesh talking to us, right? Because here's what Nehemiah teaches us. It's not by faith, or it's not by might, not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of I think he almost remembers what Zechariah was saying back when they were going the first time to build the temple and they couldn't get the temple built. And Nehemiah has heard these stories from Ezra and he realizes that it was, it was a Zerubbabel who had a, a, a prophet that said, listen, you've been trying, things can't get built, but listen, it's not by your strength, it's not by your power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And that's why I believe Nehemiah didn't jump back and panic. Nehemiah, he's afraid prayed what did he pray very simple prayer actually because he just simply prayed <clears throat> here O our God for we are despised turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sins be blotted out from before you for they have provoked you to anger before the builders now here's what he really prayed God, 
don't forgive them don't let them off the hook Lord they, they're despising us which means they're despising your work so I know you're mad stay mad make them pay for this amen now is that the kind of prayer that I'm encouraging you to walk around praying to your oppressors no it's, it's the kind of faith that he had that I want us to have in our prayer because what was he really saying you can read through the Psalms the Psalms are filled with David praying these kind of prayers right Lord get them Lord I've got enemies kill them please but here's, here's the prayers I want you to hear out of the Psalms that need to resonate with us Lord how they have increased Psalm chapter 3 who trouble me many are they who rise up against me many are they who say of me there is no help in him in God but you are Lord are a shield about me you're the glory and the one who lifts up my head Psalms 27 the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life um, who shall I be afraid when the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh my enemies and my foes they stumble and fall and though an army may encamp against me my heart shall not fear the war may rise against me in this I will be confident you are my Isaiah 54, and we hear this in the New Testament, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage. You have a heritage in the Lord of the servants of God and their righteousness. Listen, who is from me, thus saith the Lord. Your righteousness is in Jesus Christ. You stand right this morning before the enemy not because of what you can do, but it's because of what he has done. The biggest trouble I always get into is when I stand in my own strength. The, the biggest problems I face is when I'm feeling like, okay, I believe I've got this under control now. And it's not like the Lord is just waiting for me to fail. He just knows I will. And I know maybe you don't. But it's when we get out there on our own because when I start building the wall the proverbial wall whatever that God thing God has called you to when you get out there and you start working on it in your own strength you might even make some headway right up until it's like look what we're doing look at what we've accomplished isn't this awesome because then the enemy comes in and says you feeble Jews who do you think you are? What's the first thing you do when people challenge you like that? You defend yourself. Because when you think it's you, you defend you. I have often found that when I start defending myself against the enemy, there is no, it's almost silliness. But when I stand in God, when I stand in Him, He is my defense. The easiest thing for us to do is not try to defend yourself. It's just to walk out what God has called you to do. And, and listen, I just want to say this. I want to remind you that Nehemiah was not a preacher. He was a cupbearer in the house of the king. He was a government employee. He, he was somebody who worked for the state. He was somebody who worked for the government. In other words, God called him to do something that changed cities. 
God may be using you right where you are. You don't have to leave your position and go to seminary. See, that, that might be against what some of you feel like. I'm hoping God calls me so I can leave where I am to go to seminary. You not knoweth what you thinketh. Uh, on, on the other side, though, what if God has you right where you are and that is where he wants you because he has you there to build up walls there to bring protection? What if he has you where you are because he wants to use you mightily to bring revival and change where you are? Because when you understand that, some of the stuff, some of the opposition, am I making any sense? Some of the opposition that you face now, it's just, it's just noise. It's just noise. You don't know what you're doing. Knew that when I got here. Just noise. I'm building by faith. You know, you've never done that before. I know. You know, stop the noise. Because people will always challenge. People will always want your credentials, want your experience. And listen, I've often found that God will call you to things that you're not exactly prepared for. So you'll spend most of your life always in preparation for that next thing God is calling you to, but you'll be absolutely shocked at how God uses you along the way. Uh, why? Because there's no buzzer. It's a, constant, it's a constant move. You're constantly doing something for God. And you, sometimes God is using you more when you think you're doing nothing. Sometimes God is using you more when you think you're in a standstill. But if you realize that sometimes that standstill is either rest for you or preparation for others to catch up, God is preparing you for something. Does that make any sense? So he, he, he walks him through this process because he knows that there is no way, there is no way for us to understand that we will face opposition unless we'll be willing to pray first. I wonder what would happen if we realize that our families could change when we become people of prayer that our nation could change if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seek my face turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land I don't care what group you vote with you better stand with God I don't care what you call yourself in the booth you better stand as a Christian. Oh, he sounds like he's trying to tell me how to vote. I am. Vote with the Bible in your hand and your head in it. Know the word. Get, get the word of God in you. Vote not for a man, but, but stand on God's principles. I know what PC is. Come on. I'm not pushing you to go vote. I'm telling you know God's word pray because what does prayer do it boasts it boosts my confidence um i i, I was going to have this on the screen but i don't want you to feel like i'm pushing this on you but just write this down if you want to it's the word abide a b a b i d e and it's an app you can get it on your iphone i, I guess you can get it on all any of your phones but it's it's a devotional app and here's what it does it's got multiple subjects on there, and it'll even give you alerts. God, it's time for your time with God. Okay? 
I'm a pastor and I need that. Why? Because I'm just like you. All right, so it's got alerts. What does this alert do? It, it tells me to turn it on, and when I turn it on, it starts playing nice music. I can even, I can even select my music. I have a bubbling brook. And I just feel like I'm sitting by a stream. You can have Mozart playing. You could have the greatest hymns playing. You could have worship songs praying, playing. You can have any. So you have that playing, and then you have someone telling you what the devotion is that day, and they read the scripture to you, and then they walk you. Now you say, Pastor, I don't need that. Well, how, how are you doing then? How's your devotion time? How's your time with God? When you get up in the morning, is there a time that you pull aside and you get in the Word of God? I don't like that he makes me feel guilty about that. You don't need to feel guilty. You need to feel inadequate. You're not prepared. I'm not trying to condemn you when I say that. I'm saying that's almost like saying I want to be able to drive, but I don't want to have to prepare to get my license. I want to be able to do what I want to do, but I don't want to have to prepare for it. I just want God to do a miracle through me, but me not have to do anything to prepare for it. You know how I know how to have a great word for somebody in season? To stay in the word. Be in the word. It's amazing. Almost every time I have a conversation with somebody, and they're like, man, how do you always know the right word? And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. It was in my devotion that morning. It just sort of slipped out. That's how it works. Now, why, why, is this, why am I pushing this a little bit this morning? Because here's what it's done for me, too. My wife and I can do it together. And in the mornings, we sit down, and we push a button, and a bubbling brook starts. I count them as dates. I haven't got her there yet. But when that bubbling brook starts, now... You can even select, I'm not, I'm not playing. You can select the 15-minute version. If you got up late, you can select the five-minute version. The two-minute version, not, you know, it's like, good morning, do better tomorrow, quick. <laughs> but here's what happens. You hear the word, and then somebody on this, somebody on this app says this. His word is a lamp unto my feet. What is God showing you? Day. What is the Word of God showing you? Let's take a moment and think about that. Well, you're not going to turn off the phone. So you, my wife and I, we're sitting there and we, we think about it. By the end of our 15 minutes, we still have time to get to work. But, but you know what's happened? My whole day's been planned according to God's Word. How I treat people, it's amazing. How I start to treat people. Now, I, I'm, I'm reminded of, of who I am, whose I am, what I do, what I'm a part of, whether it's teaching a class or ministering here at the church. It doesn't matter. Now, when something happens, when there's opposition, I'm like, why, God? I'm like, whatever. Oh, well, this is what should happen, so let's just get busy. Because, see, every time when you read the, and it happened... Three different times in chapter 4. Opposition, and it happened. Why? Because opposition will happen. And in each of those times, you know what they kept doing? Working. 
kept on working. And, and for you and I, that doesn't mean just get busier. It just means stay productive at what God has called you to do. Sometimes you might not feel like you're doing a whole lot, but just stay faithful, stay productive. Don't, don't listen to the opposition, because all they want to do is get in your head. Anybody know people who can talk smack? You know, you're, listen, we got some competitive people at this church. I love it when the staff and the leaders, we all get together and we start just playing games. I'm like, whoa, we're going to need prayer after this because the competition comes up. Why? Because you can hear the smack talk. You can just hear it. It's just starting. Oh, you're not ready for this. Oh, mm. you need, you know, go ahead and go home, Pastor. You're not ready. Why? Because we know if we can get in somebody's head, they've already lost. All the opposition's trying to do is get in your head. All he's trying to do, and, and this, I'm, I'm still on point one. I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Here's, here's what he pointed to. Your past. You have the audacity to think that you're going to bring life back to those burnt rocks. You have the, you feeble Jew, you have the audacity to believe that you can restore, bring life back to that pile of dirt. What was he talking about? All their years of bondage, that's, that's the only picture they had. All the protection in their life that represented their safety. That's what, that, that's what they had to look at. And see, sometimes if we're not careful, we believe that that's all there is. We believe that that's all that's possible. We believe the lie that, well, that's, that's what's become of it, so that's my future. And see, God has never intended for you to be reminded of your past as being your future. We all have a past. And it might be all busted to pieces. You know, I, I, I told a lot of people this last week, I am so thankful we did not have digital technology when I was a teenager. And everybody over the age of 50 said hallelujah. Oh, you, you better say hallelujah because you know you're thankful. Because you can't even drive down the interstate right now without being on YouTube. Cut somebody off, you'll be on YouTube. Yell at somebody at the wrong time. You'll be on YouTube. You'll be, you'll be doing something, and if you are doing something wrong at the wrong time, that's why I try to be nice everywhere I go. Because everything gets recorded. Am I making sense? It's, just, it's one of those things where you have to understand that what God is doing in you, your past is real. Your past may be broken. According to the world, your past may be destroyed. It may be burnt. It may not be usable. But God has a way of breathing life back into things that, that are dead. God has a way of putting us back on the potter's wheel. God has a way of speaking life into us and bones can come together. God has a way of, of just us doing the normal everyday things and the next thing you know, a wall is built. Once that wall was destroyed, and once that business was destroyed, and once that marriage was destroyed, and 
once that relationship is destroyed and once that family is destroyed and once that 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 love and that ministry that you have is destroyed god has a way of saying listen don't listen to the naysayers don't listen to the ones who says that will never live again don't listen to the ones that will say that never has a chance again because in him we live and move and have our being and god can make a way where there is no Nehemiah doesn't stand there and say, wow, you know, they have a point. He prays. He prays. The, the second thing that happens when opposition happens is you have to position yourself. Now, I'm not going to, uh, time's getting away from me, so I'm not even going to read through all the different scriptures. They're there, but I'm going to walk through it very quickly. Because after they kept working, you know what happened. Now they're filling in the gaps. There's, there's progress. But you have to position yourself for what God is doing. Listen, we have to start positioning ourselves like God is really going to do something in our life. If, if I really start to walk this out, I need to start acting like he's going to do something. If, if I really believe that God has a plan for my life, I really start, it's, it's more than just, well, I'm going to pray I know the plan that's not how plans unfold I wish we all had uh, ways for our life but but if I had ways for my life it would just be there's a car pulled over one mile ahead that would be my life because I'm just always going to be the one waiting for God to show me the next path See, I want you to understand that it's, it's about us staying busy. If I really believe God's got a plan for my life, I, I don't wait. I just sort of say, God, what, what you call me to do? You know, it's almost like waiting to breathe in the morning. How many of you waited to breathe this morning? I know that may sound silly, but it's just as silly that I'm waiting on the Lord. God's got a plan for my life. I'm just waiting. Waiting for what? Waiting for what? Serve where you are serve right where you are well but I, I believe God's called me to a higher position serve in the position you are and somebody may give you an opportunity to serve in another position hello did I stop did you stop liking something or Here, here's here's the reality <clears throat> when you read this passage the word got back to them that that Sam Ballot Tobiah and many others now had decided you know what, let's meet them when they're not expecting and kill them. I don't like this. Let's get rid of them. And so here's what Nehemiah does. He says, okay, they want to get dirty. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to position ourselves for an attack. We're not going to stop working. I'm not going to stop uh, living for God. I'm not going to stop living and following after him. But I'm going to position myself knowing that there is an enemy who desires to destroy I'm going to guard myself. <clears throat> the word tells us that he got all the families together, and depending on where they were working, he put families there to, to be lookouts. One translation says that they were had a weapon in one hand and a trial in the other. You know, that preaches well, but it's pretty hard to work like that. How many have ever tried to drive a hammer and a nail with one hand? I'm not trying to be silly, but when you study that, what Nehemiah was saying is, 
he had one group of men that was standing with weapons and one group of men working, and they would rotate. See, they were both working just in different ways. Sometimes you and I are working in different ways. Sometimes I'm the one having to go through the struggle while you're doing something else. But then sometimes you're the one interceding and making sure if there's an attack, you got my back covered. See, the secret is making sure we're keeping each other's back covered. And nobody gets out on their, on their own. And, and nobody gets unprotected. And, and then there's an attack. He even said there's going to be a trumpet. Somebody's going to have a trumpet because there's so much space on the wall sometimes. And we get so divided among our work that we need to have a trumpet. That way, in case something happens, when you hear a trumpet, get there quick. Why? Because your brothers and sisters need some help. Get there quick. Make sure you've got your weapons ready. Now, here's another way of looking at this. Because it's not about us trying to make sure we're ready to physically fight. The Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're spiritual. Paul goes on to say that we, we need to be able to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Here's what should happen when that opposition kicks in. The opposition tells you you're a failure. Look at your past. You are a You'll never add up in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind that thought, and I, I bring it and make it obedient to Jesus Christ, who says that no weapon formed against me will prosper, who says he knows the plans I have for you, plans not, not to your life fall apart but to be a blessing and yes you you may not be in the most admirable circumstances but stop praying for god to change your circumstances and change your thinking i'll guarantee you if you just started thinking instead of i need to be on a new team how about if you started thinking i'm going to be the best player no no more team stories today i promise that was the last one am i making sense what is it for us to have each other's back? What is it for us to really know that when somebody's struggling, we know that we can't necessarily meet every need in the body, but I'll guarantee you one thing. What if you were just present with everyone? What if they knew they could call someone and have a conversation? What if they knew they could just reach out and somebody would pray with them? I'm telling you, the enemy's out to attack every one of us. Why were they so much not wanting them to build this wall? protection these other armies were used to going through here and doing whatever they wanted whenever they wanted and see when you start building walls up now the enemy can't do what he wants see you start guarding things and the enemy can't do what he wants anymore you start putting protection up and the things that always used to defeat you won't be able to defeat you anymore the things that you always would fall prey to now you, you don't fall prey to them why because you brought some brothers and sisters around you and while some are working, some are watching. Not checking you out, but they're watching the enemy. Because they, they might even know what you're weak in. See, I'm talking about accountability now. That's why, that's why grace groups are so important. And I know we're coming to an end on grace groups, but I tell you, I can't wait for grace groups to start again in January. Why? Because I know there's powerful growth that takes place when you get people together and they have each other's back. 
because you get in those groups and you talk about stuff that you don't talk about on Sunday morning. And you talk about stuff that nobody else may even know about. But now a brother and sister is knowing that, you know what? I'm struggling in this area of life. Okay, let's, let's pray with it. What you're really doing is, is giving the enemy fair warning. You're not, you're not just taking her out easily. You've got to come through us. You're not just walking on people and doing what you want to anymore. Because, yeah, we know he struggles with this. It's not a secret anymore. We know, he, we know he's got a drug issue. It's not a secret anymore. So, so enemy, stop talking your trash. We know he's struggling. We got his back. We, we know that there's a drinking issue. We know there's been an affair. We know there's been something stupid happening. But you know what? We know. We don't condone. We forgive. And say another word, Satan. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We've got their back. Why? Because we're going to build a wall. And you get a wall built because we're not to attack each other. Somebody's got, a, somebody's got a weapon and somebody's got a trial. They're building a wall. Am I making sense? Here's, here's, what, here, here's what I want you to do. Because <clears throat> before we go to number, before we go to next week, because number three is going to talk about us getting involved more in the building, not just in the watching. But I'm going to save that for next week. Because here's how I want to end today. Um, after he prayed, they kept building because it said the people had the right mind to work. You see, I believe if we're not careful, we can, we can work with the wrong mind. But he said they had the right mind to work. And here's how I want us to close. Um, what does a right mind mean for us today? In Mark, I believe, chapter 10, Jesus had a man brought to him on a mat. <coughs> and they said, please heal him. And Jesus said, well, your sins are forgiven. And they were, what are, what are you talking about? Your sins are forgiven. And Jesus said, what, what are you questioning here? Is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or pick up your bed and walk? To prove that I have power to forgive sins, he looked at the man and said, get up, take up your bed, and go home. Now, the, the theological challenge there is this. Does Jesus have power to forgive sins? And the answer is yes. But here's what I want you to get out of the story. The man had a decision to make. And l let me fast forward to Luke chapter 6. In Luke chapter 6, there was a man by the pool of Bethesda who called out to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you please, I, I can't get to the water. And Jesus said, get up, rise up, take up your mat and go. The man had a decision. In John chapter 6, a blind man calls out to Jesus. And they initially tell him to be quiet, leave Jesus alone. But Jesus says, no, have him come to me. The Bible does not say, the Bible does not say, and they led him to Jesus. The Bible just said that when he got to Jesus, Jesus said, be healed. Now, in every one of those stories, here's what I want you to get. 
It's not if a miracle can happen. Jesus has already made his move. Will you make yours? See, it's not, and, and my point is, when it comes to the opposition in our life, sometimes we want God to do the miracle and we'll move toward it. Rather than understanding if God has called you, a, that holy discontent might be a, an issue in your life, that holy discontent might be sin, that holy discontent might be a, a, a ministry venue, that holy discontent might be a new job, a new business, whatever you feel God is calling you to, instead of sitting back saying, God, I'll move when I see a miracle, God is saying, rise and walk in it. Start. You ready? You really want to hear this? You, you, wanna, you want the right marriage? Start walking like you have a right marriage. You want a right relationship? Start walking in a right relationship. You want to be right with man? Be friendly. You, you want to walk out that call that God has given you? Just start walking. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for him to open doors. I promise you, when the kind of faith I'm talking about, you just start stepping. It might be a wall right now, but when you get close enough, God will make a door. If he's called you, it'll happen. I hope I'm making sense this morning. Because it's never about can God do, it's if we will. If we will have the kind of faith. If we are willing to say, God, I'm sort of stuck here. I've listened to the opposition. I started building the wall, but then I saw my past. Emily, if you'll please come. I started trying to work on things, but man, we've just got so much junk. We've got so much history. There's so much. We'll never be able to work through all that. Anybody ever feel like that? You know that this is a real truth. People don't move because they just don't want to clean out. People stay in their houses because it's easier to stay in their house than the thought of having to get six trucks full of trash hauled away. Because they know that when they start going through stuff, they're going to have to decide to keep it or get rid of it. And we all know how we are. Well, I may need that someday. So it's just easier to stay where we are. Um, I think what I'm talking about too this morning maybe represents the thing that God is doing in your life is maybe some house cleaning. You might not need to leave the house, but are you hanging on to stuff? Sometimes the opposition says you need more. Sometimes the opposition says you need this. It may be saying you're not adequate. It may be saying your past is terrible. Or maybe saying you, you don't add up. You need to, need to get here. God is just saying, there's a miracle. Walls can be built. Ministries can begin. Businesses can begin. Marriages can be healed. Families can be brought back together. But pastor, I've I, I tried. You see, the opposition, sometimes it's not what you think. It's just that voice that says, give up. Sometimes the opposition is simple as, don't try again. 
sometimes the opposition just wants to get in your head and make you quit. I want to encourage you that you're probably closer to having more of a wall than you can ever imagine. But it's funny how God will use the brokenness in your past to be a part of the wall in your future. He'll use the stuff that you think is wasted to be a part of the strength in your future. I think that sometimes is because there's going to come a point where somebody comes to you and says, how do you do it? You're going to point to a wall. And you're going to say, that, that used to be a million pieces right there. That used to be a pile of dirt. But God, but God put my life back together. But God brought healing, and, and people said it couldn't happen, but look, God did it. People said it would never measure up, but God did it. People said there would never be healing, but God did it. It's not if you face opposition, but when pray. I want us to pray. Let's all stand together. I want to pray with you, and our prayer team's going to come. And I, I want to pray with you. And, and after prayer, we're going to sing this song. And I just want you to, I, I want to invite you to, to just come for prayer. Maybe you're facing some situations, and you're just at a, a dead end. Maybe you've heard the voice of opposition, and, and you just feel defeated. We want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we, we humbly come before you today. Lord, especially, Lord, if we've been trying to build things on our own and do things on our own, Lord, we, we've just run out of energy. Lord, help us to be reminded this morning you've never called us to do it alone. But Lord, I also pray that to those that are here this morning who are truly is going through some very difficult times. The walls have been destroyed. The walls to them look like piles of rubble. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that they see with eyes of faith this morning. It's not about waiting until the wall is built and then we can say, thank you, Lord. It's about saying, thank you, Lord, in spite of what the wall looks like now knowing that the miracle of restoration can take place. There can be life, again, life in that business, life in that home, life in that ministry, life in that family, in the name of Jesus Christ. And when the opposition says it can't happen, we're just we're called to pray. And Lord, after we pray, we're called to work. Lord, I pray that you would just touch hearts this morning. I pray, God, that as we just enter into this song and reflect on who you are and what you've done, and Lord, those that come for prayer, before we dismiss, Lord, I just pray that you speak to us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.